Oh, wait a minute. Hey buddies, this is Steve Simone, and you're listening to Good Times with Steve Simone, and I'm hanging out with my pal Lee. Hi. Um, I'm putting up my headphones, because somehow it it sounds different. <laughs> Hold on, I messed up. Oh, it's one of those weeks. How was your week, Lee? I had a, I had a really uh, a fun week. I got to go to- Awesome. I got to go to Vegas, which was fun. It was It's always fun. You have a client there now? I guess uh, it was I, I it was a one time thing so far, but hopefully it'll turn into more. That's great. But it was just uh, when I was a kid, just the idea of a business trip seemed cool. Yeah, it seemed very grown up. Yeah, it seemed like I don't know. It's different from vacation because va- vacations are always cool, but just like the idea of like, ooh, I'm in a suit. Like they pay yeah. for my plane ticket. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere else. Different. It's fun. It was it was only to Vegas, but it was so much fun. And then. Even better, last night I thought of you. There was a little boy in the restaurant I was in uh-huh. wearing a cape running uh, around the restaurant. Just, like a regular hero cape. Did uh, you see that picture of the three little brothers wearing capes? I don't think so. Was it on, Was it in that? It's on there somewhere. It's on the regular hero Instagram. These three little kids were so cute. Thank you to everybody that came out to the regular hero blood drive. Um, for people that want to help our mission, helping others. Their website is regularhero.org. We need all the donations we can get because it looks like our big fundraiser is going to be postponed because we got David Spade to do it, but now he's going to Hawaii. Oh, okay. So it sucks. There's so many people that need the money. I ran into a woman at Children's Hospital last week who works there. was the sweetest woman ever. And then it just turned out her kid was just diagnosed with cancer. So I'm like, oh my gosh, God. There's just so much. I'm exhausted, to be honest with you. It's uh, it's exhausting. Yeah, it, it, it's exa- it's it, it's exhausting, and it's it, it makes it uh, it's tough, but then it's it, it makes the little things. I don't know. It makes me appreciate things a little bit more. Oh it, yeah, it, it like I'm to. so grateful that I have the opportunity to give back and help. But I need your help out there to help me help you. You remember Jerry Maguire? Guys, <laughs> even if it's five bucks, just send it to regularhero.org because there's people out there that really, really need it. You know, like I'm so grateful and blessed for the life that I have. It's absolutely amazing. And that's what this podcast really is all about. Like it's it's a celebration of life. And I'm so excited with this week's guest. I finally got Jackie Cation on here, the host of uh, Dork Forest. She's so cool and awesome. Uh, her new CD just came out. It's called I'm Not the Hero of This Story. And it went to number one. It, so I, I was so that. excited for her. I, I, like for some reason, I just see you and Jackie Cation as like childhood best friends going. Oh, on. we would have definitely been friends. <laughs> She's so cool. And then who else did I get this week? Oh, I got Peter from King of New York Pizza that donates all the pizza for our pizza parties. Best pizza in LA, dude. He's so so cool. He's such a good guy. And then uh, Kirk Fox. And you want to hear something awesome? I do. Oh, I don't know what I'm allowed to say in it. Okay. 
I've been with, okay, I was with Ren Azizi when he got really good showbiz news. I was with Steve Byrne when he got really good show business news. And I was with Eric Griffin when he got really good show. Eric's got to get on this podcast. Eric Griffin when he got really good show business news. Then yesterday when I was hanging out with Kirk, his uh, he had his phone off, but he got a really good phone call while we were recording the podcast. So between that and the time Dice was teaching me how not to gamble in Vegas and he hit the slot machine for $10,000, I'm convinced I'm really good luck. I was going to say, you might want to not say, like, in this town, people might just start hiring you as, like, hang out with. a hangout buddy. Just to be like, all right. So, I got a big uh, business deal on the line. Let's call Steve. That'd be great. Just hang out and, like, give positive energy to people. Yeah, I think I'm, there might be something to it. It's so cool. So, I'm so excited about these podcasts. And then I'm going to record with Big Earl Skakel. I think Dom Herrera, the legend, said he would do a podcast with me. So, there's a lot of good guests coming up. And, um... Once again, thank that you guys support this podcast by uh, using the Amazon link on awesomesteve.com. That's how I get to pay for Lee. And if uh, you guys you keep on using it, buy more stuff, maybe I'll be able to make some money off this podcast. Um, but I'm just grateful to do it because I like meeting you guys. I like hearing your stories. And uh, i got to be honest, I like this kind of like virtual hanging out. You know what I mean? And it just gives you a reason just to hang out with your friends. Just yeah. hang out and turn your phone off for an hour. Yeah. Just hang out with us on this podcast. Let's get into this episode, Lee. It's uh, the very funny Jackie Cation. Oh, this is funny. We were talking. We I don't know. You know how like we do our gratitude list at the end of the thing? Absolutely. And like I've always, they were, like I would say stuff, I'm grateful for plumbers and things like that. We were talking about plumbers on this podcast. And then I think from that point on, I heard the faucet running in the bathroom it was so funny because I couldn't really concentrate because I'm going, should I get up and turn off the faucet? I think somebody left the faucet on. So it was hysterical. The absolute best. All right. We're hanging out with Jackie. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I'm not the hero of this story. Yes. Awesome. Where can people find the album? Um, it's on iTunes and Amazon. Okay. And it's uh, that card is a drop card. Oh, cool. So that you can just, if you're in a country that doesn't have iTunes and Amazon, it, so, some of them don't have the Amazon for some reason. Yeah. Um, you can email me, JackieJackieCation.com, and then PayPal me some money, and then we'll figure it out. That's so, awesome. I need to get cards like this. It. I'm getting to do a, a USO tour in may oh, so nice. i want to have cards to give to, you've done a bunch of that stuff too haven't I've you i've done a little I'm, I'm i'm always willing to do more just for a couple of reasons um one is because uh nobody's more bored than deployed <laughs> yeah. uh, soldiers and marines and sailors and whatever uh because there's a lot of a uh, lot of time to worry yeah <laughs> a lot of sitting around time were you in the service no i was okay. not but but we know a lot of people tons yeah, yeah like so many of my friends were like you yeah. know what it was i used to work at a one of my day jobs was working at a gym in hollywood and okay. down in venice so half the people i met just at work were you know people actively 
in the military or just had retired. Right. Or in the or in the the National Guard. Yeah. And, so so many of my know, friends every, and there's nobody I respect more. You there's know nobody. That, uh, Teachers, that, military. Here's the weird thing is uh, I went in not knowing what the hell. Like I'd go on these there. They were Armed Forces Entertainment ones that I yes. was doing. Right. And I, I went in not knowing anything because my father was in the Marines, but he was really in the Navy. He was a Navy medic. Oh, my gosh. So, He's um, a hero. Well, except for that, he's my dad. Uh, he is not the hero of that. <laughs> Isn't it weird that you can't see your parents objectively? Uh, yeah, I see my dad super objective. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, I think one of the funniest things that I want to play around sure. with comedically, like, I know somewhere right now there's an assassin sitting in a living room, and his kids are like, whatever, dad, you're such a dork. Right. You know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> right, right. You're an amazing sniper. In other news, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're out of wash ice the cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So, but what I did not realize, because my, I mean, I was not not raised uh in a family that was uh, it was important uh to do be of service okay which is funny because my father was in the service and that's what it's called it's called being in, in the, the service. service so i would have to say at least 98 percent of the people that i've met on the on the different uh kind of tours of of performing for the troops yep um I'm I'm sh I'm leery of the word tour because of because there's people who are on tours and, uh, yeah. and those people are living among rubble anyway <laughs> intense so the but I 98 at least 98 percent of the people who joined the service to be of service they wanted yeah. to be of some use yeah and there's a couple of people that are just like well you know you're never safe unless you're next to me feeling my muscle and uh and even people in the service know that that guy's a douchebag and yes. no one wants to you're like jim's all right in a fight you just try not to be alone with him now my my one friend was like there's certain he was like hey man you know there's certain people that are so stupid they'll get you killed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was like yeah they're not the people nope. you want to that's not your buddy that's no. not the guy you want to be in in the he's like he's okay but you don't want to be standing next to him when it gets it goes down yeah because he wants to shoot dogs yeah because oh, uh, he's got a giant gun and you're <laughs> like no no man we're not here to Do you ever read uh generation kill no but they, they adapted that to an hbo series right i right? never saw the, the i never saw the um I never saw the TV show. I didn't okay. meet the guy who wrote it. Oh wow! And um, he he rode in an MRAP, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, in 2003 or four yeah, into Baghdad was, with a recon marine troop, which shouldn't have all been in one truck because they're recon marines and they're supposed to be parachuted ahead, right? Yeah. But for some reason, um, the general was like, "We're going to send all the recon marines in trucks." whatever these vehicles yeah. to essentially trip all the oh my uh, god all the ambushes and you're like well if you dropped us in we could maybe disarm the ambushes from the other side no okay well i guess we're just driving in and uh and one of the guys that was um uh was in the blowhole like yeah. you know like out with the but it did it yeah uh he kept saying stuff like hey there's a camel i'm gonna shoot it and the corporal who was in charge of the truck was like we're not here to shoot camels uh settle down and he's like oh there's a dog i'm gonna shoot it's like we're not here to shoot keep it together yeah and, uh, so i mean there's there's that guy but genuinely 98 percent of the men and women i met were amazing better amazing they're better like i i uh my first tour was about 11 years ago mm -hmm. and uh i was like pretty depressed i'm gonna be honest 
And I was just like, at that point in my life, I'm like, oh, everything stinks. Everybody stinks. Like I was just, whatever. <laughs> and then I got to meet some of those people. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's great people in the world. Yeah. Like just better people. They just made me- decent human beings yeah. who, who want to be doing something of, of use. service. Yeah, of yeah. use. Yeah. Like I remember my first trip to Afghanistan and I remember meeting a guy who was like, I'm here because I have two little girls. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I would love to influence the society in a way where the little girls of today can be educated and mm -hmm. one day vote and be a part of the government. And I was like, what? This guy's amazing. He's yeah. a superhero. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Um, we, I was supposed to go to Afghanistan, and then the week before we were supposed to leave, they killed bin Laden. Oof. And then they said, hey, comedy is canceled in <laughs> Afghanistan. We're Don't go to Afghanistan. And I was like, fair enough. And they yeah. said, we don't know where you're going, but uh, it's not Afghanistan. And I was like, wait, what if I don't want to go anywhere now because I'm scared? Yeah. And they said, no, no, you're still going to go somewhere, but we don't know where. And I was like, did I enlist at some point? <laughs> what just happened? And, uh, and we, it was fine. We went to Africa where I did not know we had troops. Oh, my and then God. We went where in to, Africa did you go? Did you we go went, to Djibouti? We went to Djibouti. You may Oof. insert your own joke. Oh. Uh, <laughs> right? Those guys, I did them a favor. Didn't tell that joke when I was there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But... Um, yeah, and it would, the I don't know why we're but because uh, I went it had to be like seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. But um, this young marine came up to us after the first show in Djibouti and said, "Hey, are you coming to Kenya? Uh, we'd love you in Kenya." And I was like, "I don't actually know where we're going next, yeah. but I don't think it's Kenya." And he goes, "Well, we're not really there anyway." <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm a comic with a Twitter feed. Why don't you zip it together?" Wiki As you Lake. just shared it on my podcast. well, and everybody's it's on my album. I was like, <laughs> um, I think the people of Kenya should know that the United States is in Kenya. <laughs> We're everywhere, man. <laughs> We're everywhere. We got a lot of loose soldiers. Uh, it's like I don't know, and but I and and so often. The sol uh, the fact that there are American soldiers everywhere means that when there's a national national natural disaster, yep, they're the first ones who can help you. Absolutely, and it's amazing. And it, yes, I mean, there's a whole picture there that as a because I am a libtard, snowflake, yep. bleeding heart yep, liberal. Yep, 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 Welcome yep, yep. to my poli sci <laughs> degree from the University <laughs> of Wisconsin. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm an anarchic socialist is what I think of myself as. I wish okay. everyone would choose to share. Yeah. But since everyone isn't choosing to share, we might have to legislate some sharing. <laughs> anyway. Um, everything I needed to learn, I learned. Everything I need to know, I learned in kindergarten. Right? Uh, essentially. And uh, and nobody calls five-year-olds lib, uh, libtard socialists. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! But isn't that anyway, fascinating? That yeah. being that progressive in your and then you meet the military people and you're yeah. like, wait a second, right? And my dad, like I said, was in the Marines, but he, uh, I come from a long line of cowards. Uh, oh, we're runners, man. Uh, one of the first things he ever taught me as a kid, he's like, uh, you get in a fight, you run. And he said, uh, you get, uh, get, you can't run, distract, and then run, and. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually the same advice some of the my toughest, absolute gnarliest toughest, friends. Like who like fighting, maybe. Yeah. Even. There was yeah. one guy, my buddy, Big Dennis, was like a lifelong martial artist. And he was a huge man on His top of His name was it. Big Dennis. Yeah. Yes. And then he like I wanted him to show me martial arts. Like this was in my early twenties. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. And then he was like, All right, this is what you do. And he got my fighting stance down and he was like, Now take your right hand, swing it this way, turn your hips and run in the other direction. <laughs> yeah.
He was yeah. like, it's never worth it. It's worked out every single time for me. <laughs> uh, every time. The, one time I, I picked a fight and uh, I was, uh, I think, 12. Yes. And I picked a fight with a nine-year-old girl. Okay. I am a girl. You should be I winning picked, this one. Uh, I should be winning nine. this one. And I should be buried headfirst in the sand and have my feet painted with honey for picking a fight with a, a little kid. The huge difference between a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Yeah. Way. Every right. year when you're a kid it matters. It matters. And... She beat the shit out of me. I'm sorry, spit take. Awesome. Uh, but the thing is, is she beat the shit out of me because I was, and I genuinely believe this, whether it's true or not, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. She had right on her side. Yes. And I believe that. It gave her the strength of 10 men. Yeah. No, she or became the incredible Hulk. Yes. And uh, she hulked out and she beat me up and I never picked, I never did it again. Lesson uh, learned. Lesson learned. I actually had a bad, uh, and I have told this story on my own podcast, The Dork Forest. By the way, I'm Jackie Cation. Uh, so, and we're going to do an, I'm going to do an intro before. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 So. And um, so the, um, like three weeks ago, you know, we live in Los Angeles. And uh, so like three weeks ago, there was a, uh, uh, supposedly I, I, I read that there was an immigration checkpoint uh, right by my house. Oh my God. And I said to my husband, hey, uh, I think we need laundry detergent. I'm going to go to the grocery store. And he's like, and we had my in-laws were over and, and he goes just for laundry detergent. And I said, there might be a, an ice setup on Van Nuys. Uh, so I'm going to go um, uh, just see if I am needed yeah. as a white lady meat shield. And, uh, and he's like, well, I love you for even caring enough to do it. And I will yeah. watch my mom's. And so he stayed and I went down essentially looking for trouble again with like with this little girl. Yeah. Uh, I went looking for trouble. There was nothing there. It was okay. gone or it had never been. It had just been like one of these things. Rumor. So I go to Ralph's. I go to the grocery store to, and because I'm out. Might as well yeah, get, the, get it. Yeah. Right. I'm walking out of Ralph's. In front of me is an old man. I am not the hero of this story uh, because I pushed an old man. Uh, I didn't push him down. Uh, what possessed you to push an old man? Here's what happened. Okay. Uh, right. Because this is not okay. Nobody. It's no. not okay. Not on any way level. Any that I have. Because old people are my favorite. Well, and there's and he, this is a bad guy, but there's okay. still no reason to do it. And. There are other ways, and I have learned since. I've talked to others who uh, were like, hey, guess what other ways you could have dealt with that? <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking out of Ralph's, and this guy, he's got to be 80. And he's not homeless. He's not crazy looking. He's not hurt looking anything. Yeah. He's wearing dockers and a belt and a polo shirt, carrying a loaf of French bread, right? Okay. Normal looking, very old man. Yeah. And he walks by. We both walk by the rent-a-cop. And the rent-a-cop guy is black. And yep. he starts yelling at the guy and calling him the N-word. Oh and telling God. him he's from Haiti and that that's why there's AIDS and he fuck <gasps> monkeys. Are you crazy? Not it's even, not the sweetheart security guy at the Ralph's up on Burbank, is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. I talk to that guy every time I go to Ralph's. 10 o'clock. And that guy, the best thing about this story was that guy just laughed in his face. Awesome. Because, well, except for that, it means that happens three times a day to that fucking guy, which is the sad part. But oh, um, it's, terrible. it's terrible. But I lost my tiny lizard mind and... uh. Ten years ago, I would have just yelled at the guy and said, yeah. what the hell is your problem? Yeah. In this case, I got in his face and I was like, no, you hunk of junk. This is not okay. You don't say crap like that. And I just, I got in his, and I was like, 
what the hell is your problem and all this stuff, right? This is this you had already you were already fired up before you left the house, right? And we are in a weird time, right? Of yeah. racism and bundling people up into trains and sending them into the desert to kill them is mm. my greatest fear. So, yeah. um, but the and brown people is who's going anyway. Mm. So, uh, and so I got in this guy's face and he said to me, "It's none of your business. This has nothing to do with you. Let it go." And I said, it has entirely everything to do with me because yeah. I'm an American Absolutely. and we're here. And he said, puh, America. And I turned into a country music song <laughs> and lost my shit and pushed him. And uh, that's where uh, I was like, hey, get it together. Walk away. Walk away. There's no pushing of the elderly. Right. And I was told a couple of things I could have done is gone and talked to the uh, the security guard, rent-a-cop guy, and said, hey, man, that guy is an anomaly and uh, yep. whatever you need. You talk to that guy. Or I could have said to the old guy if I needed to, can you hear what you're saying? Listen to what you're saying out loud out of your face and say that to him until he is driven mad and just follow him to his car going, did you hear what you said? Did you hear what you said out loud? Yeah. And I was like, I did neither of those two things, yeah. which means uh, live and learn, right? Yeah. Crazyville. So sad. Like I, I actually feel bad for the old guy in this story for just thinking like that. Like, oh, no, what he's a, terrible, a disaster. He's a mess. What a terrible way to go through life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like whenever I get angry with people, I step back. And usually my anger turns to pity. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Where mm -hmm. you go, think about how much of life he's missing out on or did miss out on. Right. It's, well, it's, there's the, the parallel with that for me, because I tend to, like, whenever, you know, when you park illegally mm -hmm. and you think, oh, I tried rarely. I'm such very a rarely. Or, yeah. or um, you've lost your keys, or you've lost yeah. your wallet. Yes. And you're like, well, I'm screwed. It, I make it so big in my head. There's a committee meeting, there's a parade, uh, and I yeah. have, in it's practice, right? Yeah. You gotta, you have to take a step back. Yep. Interrupt go, that thought. You go, wait a second. Calm down. Yes. This will suck. Yes. It is not the end of the world. You will figure out how to get more keys. You will figure out yes. how to get more ID. Uh, you will cancel things. Can I tell you, that's the best thing about, for me, that I found about getting older. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, wait a second. Think of everything you've already survived. This too <laughs> shall pass. Yeah. Nothing's that big of a deal. Nothing's that big, big of a breath. deal. And the weirdest thing is, is if it, the, the relief is bigger yeah. when you see it. And the sort of the happiness that I feel when I say, oh, I found it. Yes. See, see I did not need to lose my mind uh, because there it is. Right there. And um, it would have either been there anyway or not been there. And if I would be all in a tizzy, I would not be happy at all. And yeah, sometimes I check myself where I'm like, you're being an idiot, and I start laughing at myself. Those are the good days. It's and it's a learned it's a learned task. Learning yes, to be patient everything is. with yourself and with others and all these things. And yep. I haven't lost my temper like that in years. So yeah. uh with that old guy. So there's that. It reminds me of that Simpsons when Homer was like, you have to take your emotions and press them all the way down. And then sometimes they just come out. Like, remember when daddy threw the whiskey bottle at the referee? <laughs> shakes Bart's head. Like, that's one thing. Like, I, for my crazy family, me and my brothers, we call it the invisible fuse. Yeah. That we would light somebody's fuse and nobody would acknowledge that behavior of things. <laughs> 
was bothering them, and then it would just explode out of nowhere. Oh, the invisible fuse. The invisible fuse has been lit. One of my brothers calls it, uh, whenever anybody storms out, because we all drive separately, Uh we always drive separately to every event, so that uh, my brother Phil always goes, just in case someone needs to have a cation-like moment, where where you can throw down $12 for your entree, no tip, and storm out so that other people have to cover your tip. Hilarious. Yeah, I'm just getting better at acknowledging stuff where I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, man, this isn't cool. So I don't just snap out of nowhere. Yeah. And what it probably was, you've probably been pissed since the election mm-hmm. and you see how things are going back and forth and how we forget. We like I don't believe in politics, but what drives me crazy is when we don't see the humanity in others. Yeah, where you don't where it's yeah. like, come on, man, that's well, the first line of this new album uh, is traditionally I've not been a political comic, mm-hmm. but I am now. Yeah, because I'm alive. Yeah, we, I am a human person watching 2% of society lead 33% of the lemmings yeah. uh, into possibly doing terrifyingly horrible, horrible things, you know, yeah. like, I never thought we would be the bad guys in World War Three, I would not have called that right. Yeah. And um, we are heading down a weird ass road that I can't live in that future either, no. right? I have to live in the present of now yes. and make sure that I help the person in front of me. That's it. That's what I that's what I put on my last yeah. album. I was like, turn off the TV mm-hmm. and just be loving and kind mm-hmm. to everybody you meet. Get out of the screen. Get yeah, off and, the screen yeah. and into a human pair of eyes. Yes, and it's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, because, it brings you back. And the- I had a great talk. I do a... Uh, a bunch of work with uh, Children's Hospital. I've been blessed that way. Hmm. And one of my little buddies, this kid, was he's a miracle that he's alive. Um, and we celebrated his sixth birthday two weeks ago. It was awesome. Neat. And his parents are Mexican-Americans. And when his dad was returning from Make-A-Wish, the family went on a Make-A-Wish trip to Florida for Disney. Neat. And, and it was like right before the election and they got on a plane and there's a guy wearing a Make America Great hat again, mm-hmm. the Trump hat. And I was like, I bet you if you actually had taken the time to get to know that guy, you probably have a lot in common and there's no. And he was like, Steve, that's exactly what happened. He was like, I made sure I sat next to him. And he was like this. Southwest? Yeah, it was. I think it was Southwest. <laughs> yeah. It and it was like, we had the greatest conversation. Yeah. We saw the humanity in each other. We talked things out and he was like. We like most of the same stuff, and we all pretty right. much want the same stuff. Right. That guy just was doesn't want the corn canning factory to go out of business. Right. And he's not he's not the he's not the problem. I mean, the people who got tricked into this are the, and it's just it's it's a snowball that just you, we got to make sure it does not run out of. Uh, That's why I I think we're so blessed because every night we're in front of what I love about comedy. Yeah. Is how diverse the audiences can be. Yeah. Like, and the most open-minded people in the world, because they have, guys, you might want to YouTube Google your comedy, because uh, you've walked into, a, and, and it makes them the most open-minded people in the world, because people just walk into comedy clubs going, hey, I'm going to see comedy. Yes. And you're like, you don't know what kind of comedy you're going to see. You might see mean comedy. You might see pratfalls. You yeah, might it's even see, more diverse than music. It's it's and like if you genres. show up for the sympathy, symphony and Metallica's on stage, you're going to be like, whoa, this. Right. This it, was not what I wanted. Yes. And with comedy, no, there are no. I mean, there's not like, hey, I'm going to see hip hop. Right. Hey, I'm going exactly. to see. You're like, oh, it's a black guy. I wonder what's going to happen. Right. Or, oh, ladies here. I wonder what's going to happen. But straight white guys are just as diverse within straight white guys. Correct. And so you're like, oh, straight white guy. I'm a straight white guy. I wonder what's going to. You're like, no. 
No, it still could be weird. And it's so subjective comedy. It's well, more it's subjective than taste. <laughs> it's more subjective than taste buds. Because I got yeah. some, like people will actually get angry where they're like, that's not funny. I'm like, dude, they just tried their best. Like there's a lot of controversy right now with a bunch of comedians where people are like, oh, they're terrible. They're, Ryan like, Stout uh, for a month Googled the words comedy and trouble or something or hilarious. joke and uh, fired or something. And it was it. Every day at a Duke, there was an episode of the Dork Forest where he just talked about it. It was a fascinating. Episode that is of the fascinating. Dork but I think it's the the best thing is when people are just going there for comedy in quotation marks. We have the opportunity every night to build bridges to to remind right. everybody that we're all connected because that's our job. Yeah, like there, are, I have the type of stand up where I'm not like if I connect with an audience, it's going to be great. But if I don't connect, people are going to be like, why is this guy talking about his life? Oh, Who cares? I am the golden retriever of stand-up comedy. <laughs> Nobody doesn't not like me. Even uh, my That's dad, incredible. one time my dad said, uh, people know you're a big pinko commie. Everybody you get any guff about that? And I said, dad, have you looked at me? Have you looked at me recently? People look at me and think, what's she going to do, vote? I'm terrified. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, <laughs> nobody, I look like everybody's aunt or their their roommate from college. Hilarious. So it's, you know, even when I went overseas, you know, I do, used to do this joke or tell this story about um, how a bunch of my friends here in Los Angeles were like, you're going to be surrounded by hot 19-year-old guys. And you're like... Have you ever been surrounded by hot 19-year-old guys? It's a lot like being buried underneath a litter of golden retriever puppies. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's exhausting, but adorable. It's adorable, <laughs> but exhausting. And, I mean, this is not a MILF. I am not uh, a cougar. This is lady who makes a good pot roast. <laughs> and if you miss your mom, I will give you a hug. So Hilarious. It's fine. and it's, it's a great mission in life, by the yeah, way. And there's nothing wrong with that mission. And it's it's not. I mean, the mission is to make people laugh. But what I, yeah, but what we were talking about was, is I like how if you're really conservative or if you're really liberal, whatever yeah. those things mean to you, right? Yeah. And you go to the comedy club. People who go to see comedy are more open-minded and they're like, well, I don't agree with that, but it made me laugh. Yes. And uh, they're like, that guy seems like a dick, but he's funny. Yep. Or, well, she seems a little bit of a hothouse flower, but I'm on board. Yeah. And, you know, and you just, you laugh if it's funny. Yes. And if it isn't funny to you, you can leave. Absolutely. There's, it turns out there's a bar. Take a lap. Yeah. Knock yourself out. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's, and people do like the first 15 of that, 12, maybe 12 of our, of my new album are, um, are jokes that I've only done six to 10 times. Oh, cool. I have never put anything that raw on an album before. This is my fourth album. Okay. The following 45 minutes are the jokes that I have been working on for the last 45, for the last three years, you okay. know, two and a half years. So, um, so those, and those first 12 to 15 minutes are political jokes because you felt it needed to be said, right? It was six weeks after the election. Yeah. Everybody was relatively just kind of stunned going, yeah. what the hell is going to happen? Nobody knew. Yeah. So, and I am very egotistical and I wanted to make sure it got on the album. Yes. So, because I don't know what it, where I'm going to be before the next album. Yes, I opened up my album a brand new bit too because I was like, I just want to remind us that we're all in this together. When did yours drop? Uh, December. So I had recorded it in October. It was right oh, before wow. the election. Right before the election. And I was like, look, man, we're all in this together. We're mm -hmm. all connected. Don't believe that's the hype. great. That's, that's great. That's it. And I told a couple of stories about that, and then we were off to the races. Mm -hmm. And then you did the rest of your jokes. Yeah. Right. Because we're just up there talking to people. Yeah. 
the coolest thing ever. It's the greatest job in the world. It is the absolute best. I mean, it's, how long did you want to be a comedian? I never wanted to be a comedian. Okay. I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. We never listened to comedy when I was a kid. We listened to motivational speakers because my father is a salesman. Zig oh, Ziglar, man, awesome. sell the sizzle, not the steak. Zig Ziglar is actually kind of great, by the way. He is great. He's not. He's not a bad guy. No, that guy's just. He's just sales guy, yep. and um, he doesn't want. He's not. Selling you, you know, a buggy ride that to nowhere. Right. He's, uh, he's like, you just gotta, you want, you get a product and you sell it. Mm-hmm. You gotta believe in the product, and uh, and the product is is whatever you believe in. Yeah, and the rest of it is how you sell it. And he's like, I don't necessarily want to sell the thing you want to sell, but I can tell you how to sell anything that you believe in. That you have to believe in it. It it reminds me of that story where you said when you were 12 and the little girl was nine and you're like, I lost the fight because I knew I was wrong. I kind of feel that way about sales or comedy where it's like uh, it took me a while as a comedian to grow to the point where I could say exactly what I felt on stage. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to get the laugh which I guess would correlate to trying to get the sale. It was like, no, this is what I believe. Yeah, yeah. The first three or four years, you just want to get laughs. You want to get yeah. reaction to some extent yeah. of stand-up comedy. And then and then after that, it's why when people who are new, you watch the comic that you love, right? Like yes. I, I never did when I was a kid, but there are people who've grown up now who love like Zach Galifianakis or yes. Sarah Silverman. Yes. And those guys, six, seven years ago, were doing like this ironic racism thing. Right. Uh, or um, other kind com- Nick DiPaolo and um, does this sort of real hard ass kind of hard edged um, kind of me, you know, yeah. and, but he's been doing it for 20 years. Correct. And so can do it. Yes. So if you open up and then other people who are talking about like their, like Maria Bamford is yep. um, she'll talk about her mental illness and she'll talk yep. about um, other things that are hard. All these comics that you admire, that's great. It's very hard to start your career on your Holocaust joke, right? It's you might be Jewish. You might have been, you know, attacked as a child and horribly maimed. And you think it's funny because you lived through it. Right. And by the way, you're right. It is funny now that you've lived through it. And there might be a great bit there. Yeah. But it's like Picasso learning how to paint an arm and then going into cubism. Absolutely. So yes. it's, yeah, I mean, the, to dissect it to it's, death. It's fascinating. But, yeah. I love it. Though. Yeah. So. I love dissecting comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so. It is the truth. I had a, a painter on here who's also a comic. This guy, Taylor Boss, his stuff's incredible. That's neat. And he was like, yeah, you have to make sure you get, you can replicate reality before you start to. Yeah, you just have to have the alter. motor skills to some extent. Yep. It's uh, like if you can. It's muscle memory at some point. Yep. And then you can dive into your weirdest thoughts. Like, look at Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. That guy talks about sort of very much unwanted thoughts. Like, he's got three or four bits that are about just creepy thoughts that he has in his head. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Uh, and he can do that because he's coming he's from a expert. place. Well, and he's, uh, yeah, because he's, because he's been doing it 25 years. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, he, he can come to it. He knows where the line is. Comedy is so hard. Like when I talk to my nieces and nephews and they're trying to be funny, I was like, it's a learned skill. It is a learned skill and you got to learn where the line is and you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or you're not going to hurt somebody's feelings. And that's the line. I remember reading an interview with Chris Rock and he talked about the really, the, 
really controversial stuff that he liked because I guess certain people they're like, "Ooh, this is what I really want to talk about." But he said it was like kind of like mixing nitroglycerin. He was like, "If it's off just a little bit, it's going to blow up and yeah. it's not going to work." But it's uh, which is why I think the longer you do stand up, you want to mix my nitroglycerin. Yeah, because you're think like it's that challenge. It's it's the thing that that makes your heart start pounding. You're like, I'm going to try to do this bit. Yeah, I got a couple of those bits on the last album, you yeah. know, about uh, sexual abuse, and um, and my husband is a game designer, and so oh, we cool. we sort of reframed this sexual abuse thing that happened to me mm. using LARPing, live action role playing, uh, which is a it's a costume party with costumes. It's a costume party with game mechanics, and because uh, he's a game designer, and That's everything awesome. has a game mechanic. Absolutely everything in his life, he's like. Well, I, I see what you're doing there. That's like I once got a text message from from jury duty, and he said, uh, "This game is broken." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. It was hilarious, but um, the uh, the crazy thing—it's just he's he's wonderful, and it's it's yeah. It, there's there's just there's so many layers to it that yeah. I'm sure it's true with plumbing. I mean. And I keep I keep mentioning plumbing in all these interviews, but I love plumbing. I would love to know how to do plumbing. The coolest thing ever. I have a buddy of mine who um, he's he's was general contractor. He can fix everything and anything, and I'm fascinated I by that. Be that guy. Yeah, I love hanging out with him, and yeah. like because like I would dig into YouTube videos, and I and whenever I would get stuck, I'd, I'd call my buddy Kevin. And now I just look for stuff around the house. I'm like, Kevin, grab the tool. Let's go do something cool. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I don't know. It's pretty, it's, it would be so great to be able to fix stuff. And I know the there's coolest. people out there going, there's poop involved. And you're like, that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is uh, that noise that doesn't make out of the pipe. Exactly. It's <laughs> tangible results. And I know as a comic, okay, I love stand-up comedy. Yeah. This, my theory is this. Uh, life can be so challenging and difficult. That if you can make somebody laugh, you have a moral obligation to do so. Aww, I believe that. That's neat. I yeah. really do believe yeah, that. Yeah. And I've noticed that people that really are more self-actualized, even uh, plumbers, like if you can do that, what a great skill that is to offer the world. Right. Plumbing. It's plumbing amazing. It's an amazing skill. That I know two comics that don't really do stand-up anymore, moved to Washington, D.C. Now their plumbing companies bills over a million dollars a year. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's the it's license to print money that plumbing gig, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you, and they have a very nice, uh, they have a very good union, uh, so people can work. And two out. guys are retiring for everyone entering the union. Just oh, throwing really? that out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, so w it's the a world good gig needs to get plumbing. into. Absolutely. There's, a, I met a woman plumber the other day, and she said one of the great things about the union was that it's entirely merit based. Awesome. So. If you were a good woman plumber, it doesn't matter that you're a woman, you know? Yeah, and, that's what's so great yeah. about it. It didn't flush before. Now it does flush. <laughs> Success. Yeah, and, and the difference between with comedy, it's like what we do, we go out there, we're on stage, yeah. and then it's gone. And it's like you are you have a feeling, they have mm -hmm. a feeling, but what, what can you really touch? And that's why I love like we fixed my oven. Yep. I fixed my garbage disposal. I fixed my shower. I yep. fixed my toilet. We fixed my car last week, and you're like, didn't work. Now it works. Now it works. It's the best feeling. It is tangible. It's it's yep. one of those. But the tangibleness of, of stand-up comedy is the immediate satisfaction of telling a joke and getting a response. Yes. And, and then, then, but that's also these CDs. Yeah. That That's three years worth of work. Yep. Right yeah. there. And I, I've, uh, 
people who want to do like i know stanhope does a lot of cds in a row in a year or whatever or mm -hmm. per year uh, mike kaplan will do a lot of them um and louis ck famously was doing them for a while yeah and a lot of british comics will do it too but um my jokes don't actually work like that mm -hmm. they take that i will start a joke and it will be uh, a six minute joke and yes. it will get whittled down to two and a half or three and a half right yes and everyone should appreciate the fact that i don't put out an album every year no worries right come see me live you can watch me work on them that's what i think's the coolest things yeah comedy live's the coolest it's the best it's the way i like it comedy live comedy on an album and then any kind of video i agree with that yeah just because the screen can separate you from the from the from the even the oral yes. yeah you're more connected to it like if you if, if you're just listening to comedy you you could picture whatever you want it's like yes. reading a book it's like even listening to a book yeah it's the coolest yeah like i remember as a little kid like i loved stand-up i never thought i could do it but i loved it and as like an 11 year old kid 12 year old kid i had, by that point i had watched eddie murphy's delirious i don't know forever <laughs> right and i realized what i thought made him great i was like he doesn't give you the picture he gives you the dots he just gives you enough where in your yeah. brain you make the connections between everything. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Why did you think you couldn't do it? I thought you had to be born special. I didn't think a normal kid from the suburbs of Philadelphia was allowed to enjoy their life that much. Oh, interesting. <laughs> How does fuck that? Yeah, that's harsh, man. That's yeah. that's brutal. Um, well, I thought like show business people were just born different. Interesting. Um, Somebody explained to me uh, probably six months ago what I do another podcast about just entirely just the minutia of stand-up comedy. Seriously. And who do you do that with? Lori Kilmartin. That's what I thought. It's just okay. called Jackie and Lori. It's on the Nerdist Network. Awesome. And uh, it is, it's just us bitching about stand-up comedy and just going down a rabbit hole of that. So cool. it's very popular with comics mm -hmm. and with comedy nerds, people who mm -hmm. love stand-up. And, um, but... Lori explained to me like six, eight months ago what imposter syndrome was. Have you oh, heard of imposter no. syndrome? First of all, the word syndrome. Uh, anyway, but uh, <laughs> imposter syndrome, I guess, is something it's common among women and minorities uh, or um, that you think you're, you're not valid enough. Like you get the job, but you think you're not worthy of it. And so huh. you don't ask for the raise. You don't ask for the promotion. You wait to be offered the raise and offer the promotion, even though you're doing the one job and you could probably learn to do the next yeah. job, right? So that's called imposter syndrome. And um, you feel like you're an imposter. You have this great job and you don't feel worthy of it somehow. And oh, that's I, crazy. It is crazy. Um, because we can all be taught simple tasks. Absolutely. It'll be fine. Uh, it'll, you, you, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And monkeys can be taught to do most things. Don't worry about it. Uh, just take the Robots job. are going to take over yeah. just about everything <laughs> right. anyway. Exactly. Take the job. Figure out how to do it. Guess what? If you can't do it, you'll find that out too. Yeah. And then uh, it's... Uh, and honestly, just about 90... But smartest guy I know told me this once and it rings true. Like 90% of everybody of every profession probably isn't that good at it. Right. Right. Half, 90 percent of it is showing up on time. Yeah, it's just getting the job. Yeah, please get there on time and then you'll be fine. I remember my dad told me that about Ivy League colleges. He was like, see, the toughest thing is just getting in. He was like, yeah. if you want to go to Penn, knock it out for two years at Villanova or Loyola, then transfer in. Did you and do that? 
No. You didn't have any interest or mm-hmm. it did not enough. Cause here's what my dad was. Uh, I was literally raised to be an imposter. Mm. Uh, literally my father would be like, now nah, you can do whatever you want. Uh, See, my parents did tell me that and I believe, but I just thought comedians like, well, the truth is I, I did open mics in my very early twenties, but I just had to get enough misery in my life to go, okay, this is the only thing I want to do. Okay. But like as a little kid, day job wise or yeah. Okay. But I, I thought like comedian, pro wrestler, soldier of fortune. I thought these were all the coolest ways to go through life. But mm-hmm. I was like, can you really do that? And I remember Mitzi Shore, I was her assistant for a year and she started laughing. She was like, yeah, all comedians think that until they try it. Uh, yeah. And the thing about stand up is if you want to try and do stand up, try it. Yeah. Because you will know immediately whether you want to do stand up comedy and it hits people at different levels, of course. But when I did it, I was 19 and I, it was like heroin. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. Yes. And I got a 1.8 that semester. Wow. And luckily the club burned down. And so uh, I graduated. See, you could go college. on with your life. Right. So I go on with my life and I, and my sister was like, well, now you can finish college because she is the boss of me. And, uh, and I was like, no, I was going to drop out and just go do comedy. And she was like, it's only another three more years. And I was like, okay. And then yeah. the next year she said, it's only another three more years because <laughs> I was not great at college. <laughs> so what was Madison like? It's great. It's uh, it, it, you know, I went 84 to 88. So, um, a lot of Reagan yeah. and, um, and I studied poli sci because in my, I was 83 to 88, five years. Uh, okay. so I was like three years in and the counselor called me into the office and said, you must declare a major. Okay. And I was like, what's it look like? And, uh, and I think it was a guy and he goes, you have one more credit towards graduation in poli sci than you do in history. And I said, well, then I am a poli sci major. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And most of my poli sci was not domestic. It was Southeast Asian studies for some reason. And um, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it was have hard. you been to that part of the world? No, I've been. To, I went to Hong Kong a couple of years ago just to do stand up. But um, cool. I want to. That's not even. That's not Southeast Asia. So it's. Uh, but I want um, Indonesia and the Philippines and and Malaysia have always been places I've wanted to go. Yeah, I've heard yeah. some of the most beautiful places on earth. Yeah, I have a, a good friend who's Indonesian who um, is working on the cure for AIDS, by the way. So I asked cool. her how it was going and she said, not good, not good. <laughs> and uh, every time I see her, I'm like, how's that cure for AIDS coming along? She's like, yeah, better than cancer. At least we know where it comes from. Yeah. And I was like, well, good for you. <laughs> so, baby steps. Baby steps. The journey continues. Steady work. And, uh, but... She's funny because she's from uh, Indonesia, mm-hmm. American citizen. Her husband, who sadly just passed away, but uh, mm. from Japan, uh, financial advisor guy, American citizen. Their son, uh, they named him Hans. And they named him Hans. She's like, you guys are always culturally appropriating our names. We're going to culturally approach, appropriate uh, the Germans. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, Hans? And she was like, yeah, I like it. Hans Takanura or whatever the last name is. the best. Like mm-hmm. where I grew up was... Just about everybody, at least in my little region of the suburbs, was either Jewish, Italian, or Irish. So much. So there'd be these great juxtapositions. It'd be like Seamus Catanzariti. You know what I mean? Like great name. <laughs> right. Rocco O'Leary. We were um, German, Polish, and Armenian. Um, and there was some Italian. 
uh, like if you you branched out, and then there was a there was and, and I found this out because there's a woman who does stand up comedy in Barcelona cool. named Rachel Arif, and my father sells aluminum siding, and we've always lived just in, like Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, yes, except for uh, so <laughs> the uh, um, uh, South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a little factory town outside of Milwaukee, in between sort of Milwaukee and Racine. Okay, and um, Rachel Arif's dad sold aluminum siding, and he was from. Uh, a northern suburb, a northern town just north of Milwaukee named Fox Point. Wow. And um, her father uh, didn't have six children. Uh, and so it was much, uh, it was a little cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> My father, very successful, six children. He would have had to have been Mel Gibson, you know, to have <laughs> six children and have a bag of money as a doorstop. So Rachel Arief, I think, just has a brother. So uh, they were able to. Have you noticed though, and I'm not saying this to kiss your ass, I've noticed people that come from big families, they're always cooler. We're good people. always cooler. You know why? Because you can always ignore two. (laughs) And so there's always two you can talk to and two you can ignore and then you can rotate. Oh, that's hysterical. uh, I'm the only one who talks to all of them. I am like the, I'm the youngest. And so I'm like the, the Andy, my husband calls me the hub and uh, you know, I'll get a call. How's Terry doing? I was like, He's fine. You could call him and ask him about it. Right. And uh, they're like, no, no, just checking in. Really? Just checking in with me about a guy that you could you, easily pick up the phone. Right. And get shared a bedroom with uh, for f- 15 years. Okay. Fair enough. It's weird. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm, but that's also a very common comedic trait. I've noticed mm-hmm. comedians are the people that sort of like keep their family together one way or another. Right. Or they're complete outcasts. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of like to, or that's the person they want that wanted to be or have the, that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I do a lot of stuff about my, my family on the, on the albums and, uh, or in my act, I guess would be the better way to not make it an it's... ad, uh, get out there. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, um, like when I recorded this one the week after I went to Milwaukee. Where did you record this? I always, I re- always recorded my home club at Acme in Minneapolis. That's a lo- Acme awesome. Acme Comedy Club. Okay. Yeah, it's where I came up. And uh, it's almost impossible to get into Acme unless you grew up in the system, you are famous, or yep. you are famous adjacent. It's okay. almost exactly like the comedy works in Denver. Yeah. You I love can't, that room. It's a beautiful room, but you got to grow up in the system. You got to be famous. You got to be famous adjacent. Yep. So there's a couple of towns that just run it like that. And yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. It just means it's good. Yeah. And it means that they, they care about their local scene, which is uh, the most, I mean, yeah, good. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the ass if you are not from there or famous or famous adjacent. But think of the big picture and you're like, no. Yeah, that will create good. better comics. And Absolutely, then people yeah. will see better comedy, and then comedy will continue to be a thing. Correct. <laughs> so, big picture. Yeah, I think that's one of the best things about being a comic, too. It's like, if you're not getting the opportunities that you want, it's just like, okay, just make something better. Right. You get what you get. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing is, is and, and that's fine. It's They can't stop you from doing stand-up comedy. Yep. It was uh, when I did Last Comic Standing the first year, The one of the that you know there's these produce there's the cameras in your face yeah, like a reality weird. show right yeah and um they didn't have a lot of questions uh it was the second season i think and they okay. just uh i don't know what season it was but it wasn't the first season and so the 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 director or whatever that person would be called i don't care uh kept saying to me <laughs> um what happens if you don't win and i was like 
Well, I continue to do stand-up comedy. Uh, I've, uh, mm. I'm going to, I don't know if you know this, I'm going to Chicago next week. Anyway, yeah. uh, so that's fine the first 35 times you hear it. Yeah. Once at like 115, yeah. 175, part of my brain started going, what's going to happen if I don't win this contest? Oh, gosh. Which was, I'm furious to this day that they put that anywhere in my brain. I never had stage fright before I went in to uh, do Last Comic Standing. I never, I, I would yeah. get nervous, yeah. but it was a nervous energy that would create fun. Yes. Right. That, that you channel that nervous energy to go, this is exciting. Let's go do it. Yeah. Get to do the last this. comic standing. The, one of the final sets, uh, I was in the top, I wasn't in the top 10. I was in the, I didn't make the house. Right. Okay. And, uh, Bill Dwyer went out before me. Great comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he comes back and I'm just standing backstage, just sweating. And uh, having all kinds of bodily functions, which no dog could be blamed upon. <laughs> and uh, so, but Bill Dwyer comes off stage, he grabs me by my shoulders and he goes, get this. You get out there. It's just stand-up comedy. Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. He was like, what a good dude. Just start talking. It'll be fine. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. So I went out and it was fine. And uh, yeah, there was, um, but after that, I would I, I remember I froze up on stage twice. Huh. And it was once was a corporate hmm, that was disappointing uh, for uh, the people because yeah. I, I had a brain freeze in the middle of it. But that was the it was the second time it happened, and that's when I realized how to deal with the stage fright. And yep. since then, it's 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 mostly dissipated. And if it ever happens again, I know how to deal with it, which is um, I physically move. If I take a step to the left or the right. I've I've moved my body, which moves my mind, yep. which unfreezes my tongue, which is what I use to talk to the peoples. That's awesome. Yeah, it is all sort of connected, right? That right. makes sense. So, if, uh, so I don't know if any of your listeners get that kind of thing, but just to take a small step, just kind of and laugh at yourself and, and go, all right. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, a comic that was kind of like a mentor to me when I was like, okay, I'm going to really try to do this. He told me once he was like, whatever you're thinking, just acknowledge it. He yeah. was like, it'll put you back in the moment. Yeah. You'll be in the moment with the audience. And he was like, yeah, it would have been funnier had you said that instead. Of, and I was like, oh, okay. Because I walked off stage mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, and, I, and he was like, you should have said it. Yeah. Because that would have been awesome. He was like, so from now on, if the thought comes in, say it. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But there's no script. You, no. You're writing it. Yeah. It turns out. <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It's really great. Are you the only funny one in your family? No, no, I'm not. Everyone, by the way, is hilarious. And uh, second of all, when I first started doing stand-up comedy, my stepmother famously said to me, in my mind famous, uh, you're not the funny one. Russ is the funny one. And I was like, (laughs) out loud to my face. And then I said, you know, Russ can't be the handsome one and the smart one and the funny one. He doesn't get to be all the things. Uh, I know he's the golden child, but I'm I'm taking this one. That's awesome. uh, So, and he continues to be the golden child, but everyone is funny in my family. So it's the best. Yeah. Except for my oldest brother who, um, for some reason, found Jesus, and Jesus took funny away from him and jammed it into a coffin and shoved it up his ass. Uh, Terry, I love you, but Jesus Christ, shut it. Yeah, anyway. I'm pretty sure that Jesus I know once is up for laughs. His first miracle was turning water on the wine. That's just to it. keep the party going. Right, guys, uh, I used to do this bit about how, because uh, the thing is, is I love Terry, and Terry yeah. is a good man, and uh, but he is also uh, kind of mean, 
Like not for some cool. reason, he's got the meanest Jesus. My, I'm not above. I want him to. I would love to him to write a children's novel, a children's book called "The Meanest Jesus," because <laughs> uh, my Jesus always says like, "Good try, hey, don't do that again," yeah. right? And his Jesus always says, "Oh, we're gonna have to burn you." Yeah, it's terrible. And you're like, uh, "No, <laughs> we were both raised in the same church, which uh, was all in Armenian, so." Uh, you don't know what they were saying either. So you could take it as anything. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. I worked for an Armenian woman out here for years. Why she was the you? sweetest. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's a, that's a good end of that sentence. She loved me. <laughs> yeah, she totally loved me. Awesome. Yeah, just thinking about her right now. I have to, you never think of people and you're like, you know what? I got to call them. Yeah. I got to give them a call. I thought about my, uh, I had a therapist for three years mm-hmm. when I, when I kind of first moved out here and my therapist, she was great. You know, she helped me. Um, she, she was, she is probably though. She might be like 90 now, but I don't know. Cause she seemed older then anyway. Yeah. So, but, uh, she was, uh, she had the funniest name, her book, her name is Helene Z which I think was just added because there's a lot of Helene Harris's. Okay. So her name is Helene Z. Harris. And she wrote a book 20 years ago called, are you in love with a vampire? And I used to, I used to go, Helene, you know, that's the funniest name of any book ever in the world of self-help. <laughs> that's hysterical. And she said, you know what it means though, right? And I was like, yes, I get it. <laughs> it means an emotional vampire. And she's like, yes, yes. Hello. It worked. So then. It works. Yeah. Exactly. She's such a, and such a great lady. She was a wonderful therapist. Quite honestly, she used to do in the seventies. She used to do sex therapy in Los the, Angeles. Oh, the story she nude, must have. Nude group oh. sex therapy. Nude. And she said in the late eighties, she stopped being nude, and everybody. She was like, I realized couple of things she said i realized first of all i didn't look as good nude as i did in the 70s and two we didn't need to be nude nobody needs to be (laughs) that's the most that's the type of thing like people in philly when they think about oh those wackos out in california Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they think of Mm -hmm. when that happens when i first moved out here like probably six eight months uh and i moved out in like 96 or 97 long time so um I got a call. I was talking to my dad and he said, you go on a lot of those Hollywood parties. And I said, Nope, I'm not really Hollywood party type dad. <laughs> and, uh, there was this pause and he goes, good, good. How's the car running? And, uh, <laughs> from that to that. Exactly. I was like, well, you're adorable. And, uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. Was, I'm fascinated by everybody's first year in Hollywood. Was mm-hmm. yours crazy? Was it? Yeah, it was dumb. Um, I had I, my first job as I was a secret shopper at uh, different grocery stores, Food for Less. Uh, That's a sweet gig. It was not. It paid what? about $5 a store, and I had to drive oh. to each of them. Oh. It was one of the lowest paying jobs but I've ever had. But did you get the food for free? $2.50 per per grocery store. Yeah, bummer. Uh, I'm so, imagining like, here's a $50 gift card, yeah. buy whatever you want. Yeah, nope. Go from store to store and you have like yeah. st- stocked kitchen. Nope. Uh, and sucks. then And then I started temping and then I got a job at uh, a closed captioning company. That was great. But the thing is, and I will say this, I'm glad my sister made me graduate from college because I get a, be- uh, a better class of a shitty day job because of it. <laughs> Your class of crummy day job goes up uh, if you have a degree. So my temping 
I got better pay for it. I got yep. better, uh, you know, and you're not slinging burgers. I, I worked at a hot dog stand for three years, uh, three summers in um, Cape Cod. Um, in It was like 87, 80, 88, 89, and 90. Was it anything like that movie One Crazy Summer with Bobcat Goldthwait? You know, I never saw that movie. Oh, so I saw Bobcat Savage last Steve, night. Savage Steve Holland. It's tremendous. Oh, oh he's a wrestler? No, it's this yeah. director. Steve Holland did like Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer. Oh, that's fine. And I'm pretty sure One Crazy Summer was set in Cape Cod. Okay. I uh, I worked at a foot-long hot dog stand in a gay resort town called <laughs> Provincetown, Massachusetts. And uh, a foot-long hot dog stand, you know what joke never gets old to really drunk gay guys? Put a condiment on that. That's just good writing. It's just real good writing, you guys. It was the '80s. It was a different time. Anyway, uh, so whenever I, whenever anyone says it was a different time, I'm reminded. You know Chad Daniels? I know the name. He's a great know. comic out of yeah. Minneapolis, and he's a delight. And uh, he he has this joke about his grandmother. I don't know what album's on, but uh, it's about his grandmother being racist, and everyone keep telling him. Well, you know, she was raised differently. You know, she was raised differently. It was a different time. She was raised differently. And him saying, yeah, but she's raised now, right? She's grown up now. Could she get her act together? Because she's an adult now, right? Yeah. And I was like, and then there might be another punchline. But that was my favorite line of it because I was like, that's just the greatest way to confront your old racist relative. Yeah, I remember Joe Rogan saying, he was like, if there were at jerk now chances are they were a jerk then mm -hmm. and nobody ever checked them and then i remember he was talking about another comic in particular that had a rough childhood and he was like hey man i get it and i understand that but he's like everybody's been through something mm -hmm. he was like there comes a point when you're an adult that you take responsibility for who you are and your actions and how they affect people are like, you listening Whoa. batman <laughs> jesus christ they died when you were seven <laughs> You could, I, I had someone on the dork forest. I was just going to ask you about dork forest. You get a lot of comic book dorks on there. Not as not as many as you'd think, but I had a Batman dork on who was talking about how you just think about how much good Batman Bruce Wayne could have done if he would have just opened up two or three factories in Gotham. Oh, that's hysterical. Instead of uh, putting on a cape and millions of dollars worth of stuff and going punching people in the face. Good jobs, healthcare. <laughs> Right. He could have bled off all of uh, everybody's henchmen. Everybody's henchmen yeah. would have had jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Better schools, less crime overall. <laughs> Education, geniuses not slipping Has through Has anybody cracks. written that? That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I don't, Dash Quick. Like as a little book. That would be yeah. so, so funny. I, all right, Dash, if you're listening to this uh, San Francisco comic, Dash Kwiatkowski came up with that plan. That's great. What inspired you to do The Dork Forest? I um I did a joke in the late 90s early 2000s about how deep you, I had to go cuz I'd hang out with anybody. Yeah. But I was thinking about how deep I had to go into the dork forest to get to someone I would not <laughs> hang out with. And so that's where the term the dork oh, forest Oh, that's came. awesome. Yeah. And then I would name a bunch of things and then so I just started this podcast in 2006 and um it was, I just didn't, and I, everything's got a dorkdom, right? So whatever your thing is, that's a dorkdom. I did Will Anderson about cricket. I have no yeah, idea. I know nothing about cricket. It's like Will Anderson's a hat. It's, well, the British are really into it. Right. He's Australian, uh, and he's a great Australian comic, Will Anderson. And he explained cricket to me for an hour. And for an hour afterwards, I knew how cricket was played. And then it's gone. <laughs> and that's the thing about the dork forest. <laughs>
<laughs> like I think this week's episode is with Michael Palasek, a young comic, and he talked about Harry Potter. Oh, that's cool. For an hour, it was awesome. And last week it was Mike Kaplan, and he talked about ayahuasca. And I was like, whenever anybody wants to talk about a drug or a sexual position, I'm like, is this really? Is this really a dorkdom? Yeah. You seem like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> and Guy O'Beelum uh, did. He wanted to. He said, my dorkdoms are sex and weed. You're like, you're not a dork, man. That, I was like, uh, first of all. Almost everyone loves sex and weed. I don't know who. I, there's very few people. And uh, and then he opened his trunk and showed me the 30 different strains of weed that he has. And I was like, oh, you're a dork. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then, uh, and then we just talked about how much he likes sex. So, uh, and Guy Obelum, a Sacra Sacramento comic. So, I have a lot That's of That's so cool that you on. put on these comics and you give them, like, comics from all. It's, everybody you've mentioned is not, like, L.A.-based. Yeah, That's I try to. awesome. Yeah, I try, to, uh, I try to do them when I'm on the road. I try to get the feedback feature on just because it's you That's know so great yeah yeah just because everybody is a dork about something and i try to get fancy people too don't get me wrong right uh and uh but i also like if you're a fan of the show and scheduling scheduling is the hardest part of course yes. uh you can be on the show that's so i've cool. had uh this woman who does quilting in san francisco who's like when are you coming when are you coming up to san francisco and i was like i don't know but i do want to get you i want to get you oh there's also a ballroom uh dance dork uh, up in the awesome. bay area but um i did i was on this boat with 1700 nerds this last week perfect and i could have done 1700 episodes <laughs> but i couldn't i couldn't face it i was like there's got to be some downtime you guys so i yep. recorded six episodes oh that's awesome which is six hours of listening and it was photography um saturday night live oh cool uh, musicals um genealogy uh oh, cool. scuba diving and um escape rooms so wow, that's awesome yeah so they can be traditional kind of dorky things oh comic books and video games and movies oh uh, uh i don't uh uh rhea butcher is a comic from here mm -hmm. and she did the three back to the future movies oh awesome w kamau bell did like a scene by scene of rocky two. Oh, that's awesome <laughs> i was just um, listening to the rocky two soundtrack at the gym today <laughs> carlos alizrahi did the exorcist you know I'm, I'm such a dork i'm afraid to see that movie i've never seen the Exorcist. yeah I'm, i won't do it him, it's not happening yeah, yeah that's exactly how yeah. i feel i'm like i don't need that in my right. life you've already scared me congratulations yeah. yep oh, you win what's the title of that film okie doke don't need to see it i want to send 14 dollars to peel but i'm never seeing get out it's not happening it yeah, looks terrifying it uh i know it everybody says it's so great but as soon as i found out it was a horror movie it's I was a horror like, movie yeah that's i don't like scary about. yeah i don't want to be scared i'm good yeah. It's all working out. I'm. I would like a happy. Yeah, a happy. I have movie. very limited time to spend on stuff, and I want to feel better about life. I went and afterwards. saw Logan. Um, oh, how is that? Logan. It's a western, essentially. It's a cowboy cool. movie, um, with uh, an X Men or two. In awesome. It. And it's uh, it's incredibly well done. I don't know. Do you ever see Unforgiven? One of my all time favorite movies of all time it's an I even amazing had the little movie. dorky sheriff's badge that like they gave you a blockbuster <laughs> and really? i begged for it i was like, grown up and they're like these are for children i was like please unforgiven is an amazing film when that whiskey and bottle drops i'm like oh, oh somebody's about to get killed. that house that he's building holy so smokes great. that uh, uh gene hackman oh so good everybody kills it in that movie yeah measure twice cut once 
Yep. That is not the work of Gene Hackman, <laughs> <laughs> who I always uh, think of as a rich man's Dabney Coleman. <laughs> but, uh, which is not to offend. When Dabney I was a little Coleman. kid, I would get confused, but over certain actors had had a similar look and vibe. Yeah. I'd be like, "Wait a second, what's is going on?" Is that the same here? guy? It is not. That's awesome. So nothing to be done. I used to get. Um, it was three people: uh, Judge Reinhold and Steve Gutenberg, mixed up, uh, and then, uh, and then I would get them both mixed up with Michael Keaton until he did Batman. And uh, <laughs> tell you what, did you see the founder with Michael Keaton? No. So good. It's about it's uh, Ray Kroc. But Michael Keaton kind of killed it in mm-hmm. every facet you could like silently. Oh, in every kind of? Yeah. Like yeah. stand up comedy. He was really, oh, really right. good. That's right. He was a comic. I forgot it was about a stand up. Yeah. And then his comedy, like Mr. Mom, hilarious, mm-hmm. gung ho. Mm-hmm. Batman, awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't Clean see and the- sober. Or whatever right. it was. Dude, and now he's great. And this guy's freakishly talented. It, you know, he's sort of like, um, he's more like Steve Carell. You know, like an old-timey Steve Carell. Old-timey, 20 years ago, whatever. But um, but Steve Carell's the kind of com- comedian and actor yeah. that could do drama. And I think there's these guys that you, there's actors and actresses, obviously, actors who you can just pour a script into and they become that person. Yeah. Who's um, Michael Douglas? Oh, he's great. He's the guy. Did you see Ant Man? No, that's the one superhero movie I've yet to see. It's but I love the Avengers, so now I want to go back and watch. It is adorable. Or the Civil it is, War one. I think it's one of my favorite of them all. Okay, and I just bought Doctor Strange. Uh, I own them all, of course. Did you and, see Doctor Strange? Uh, right. Yeah, it's yes. like okay. I saw it in two D and in three D. Yeah, it's amazing because uh, he's a sorcerer supreme. You're going to want to see that in three D. <laughs> so. Why wouldn't you? Uh, so anyway. well, we've hit the hour. So you're looking at your watch. I you have your time. <laughs> I was valuable. trying to be subtle. It's okay. <laughs> it's um, a, um, name your album once again. I'm uh, I'm not the hero of this story. And as of this recording, it made the Billboard chart. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's never been anywhere near any of those charts. iTunes, Amazon, Billboard. It was on iTunes and Amazon for three days. Number one. That's awesome. And, which means that it gets to go on to the Billboard chart. It, but when this airs, even if it airs hours from now, uh, it will no longer be on the. Who Billboard cares? Chart. That's but the win. Uh, yeah. Don't think I didn't take a screenshot. Yeah, I, I did. I did. Totally, totally took a screenshot. Okay. And Dork Forest. Where's Dork that? Forest just my podcast it's on all things comedy.network uh, dot com yeah, um, i want to totally come on but i'm a dork about so many different things right, right, we'll do it we'll do it at anything okay yeah, there's a mil- i'm a dork baseball cards pro wrestling pizza yeah pizza. everything weird i make my own oh excellent uh do you have a stone yeah I do. or did you just buy a tile no 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 i have the stone and i import the flour from naples i'm not yeah. playing any games uh, we're gonna talk about pizza <laughs> so and then uh i have the dork forest podcast which is just dorkforest.com and then Pardon me. Uh, and then I have um, uh, the comedy one on Nerdist with Laurie Kilmartin called Jackie and Laurie Show. And that's, that's just awesome. about stand up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Dude, this was Stay awesome. Up. All right, thank you. Once we had an easy ride and always felt the same. Time was on our side and we had everything to gain. So, guys, that was Jackie Cation. Once again, her new comedy album, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, it is I Am Not the Hero of the Story. That's Jackie Cation. I'm trying to find her Twitter. Lee, do you happen to have Jackie's Twitter? I can find it. Because you're way smarter at this stuff than me. 
Her Twitter is uh, it's at Jackie Cation. It's J A C K I E, and Cation is K A S H I A N. And right now, her her name on it is Apocalyptic Magoo. Hilarious. That's so funny. And she does a great podcast called The Dork Forest, and you can subscribe to that. And uh, that is TDF, The Dork Forest Podcast. And then it's at Dork Forest Pod on Twitter. I've only seen her once doing a stand-up, but it was one of, it was uh, at the Improv in Hollywood, and I, I'd never seen her before. I didn't know what to expect. And just, she just... Uh, it was like so un- like surprising. Like that's why I love going to those kind of clubs for that. So you can like someone who surprises you with how oh, funny the they best. are. Oh, it's, it's so the much great. Fun. Comedy's the coolest thing ever. I just uh, looked on the Instagram because it's we're recording this on Saturday night, guys. So I have to head over to the comedy store, and I just saw that I get to bring up Renazizi on stage. Chris, it goes Chris Spencer, me, Renazizi, Dom Irera, Mark Marin. How incredible is that? That's a great lineup. If That's you, insane. If you see that, do you start thinking like, what am I going to say to bring up Steve tonight? Like, maybe I'll say something goofy or do you? No, I always take it way too serious. It's it, like you know, you never try to mess with anybody or just. No, I don't like all, giving people the business. Is it, like that's a, Do you have to be prof- like professional? Will people get mad at you based on the intro? Some people do. Wow. Okay, I figured I figured comedians would want to be silly and goofy, especially with their friends. No, some people they're really serious. They are. It's so funny. Like if they have a stinky set, they blame the person that introduced them. I'm like, mm, it's maybe you just did stinky. Yeah, maybe you just had a bad night. Yeah, it happens. Oh, it's funny how, especially in a funny business and co- the comedy business, you think people would be a little bit more relaxed. You would think. Oh, I'm grateful that. You are very goofy and fun and like to have fun. I like to have laughs. I'm very grateful that I was given the ability to make people laugh because it's the best. You make so many friends that way. I'm grateful for just like like movie theaters, comedy clubs. I, I love laughing with like a bunch of people. Yeah. It's it's a, it's the more, energy of an audience. It's more like I, I, it's a microcosm of life. Lee, we need each other. That, I think makes that, it better. That might be the next step for for specials because I love specials and I've seen some great ones, but it just does. I think maybe that maybe we have to have start having like group watching parties or it's a some, great idea something. That's a really great idea. Yeah, because that that's the whole thing is, is seeing other people laugh. Oh, there's always one lady in there who has a laugh she's probably embarrassed by, but it's that the I best. love. Oh, I there's no laugh that I love more than a sub, like surprise laugh. It's like, the greatest. You know what I wrote down this week. And it's tied into that. I love, like, when I was little, I lo- I always wanted to be the deep voice guy in a barbershop quartet <laughs> or a doo-wop group, like, pretty little angel laws. I always wanted to be that guy. And I love, like, when I'm at church or something and somebody that's near me that you would never expect, they start to talk, like, say a prayer out loud or something. Our Father. And their voice is all deep. It's my favorite. So funny and awesome. I wanted that voice too. And I, the, the TSA guy in the Vegas airport had it yesterday, which I thought was weird. That's do they do it for like a special emphasis or is that just how they No, say? some people that's just their voice. That's what just makes it so funny. <laughs> do you ever did you ever laugh in church by mistake? Did I? It's the best kind of laugh there is. <laughs> Laughing when you're not supposed to laugh is extra fun. Was it, do you, is it, is it like at, at people like, or do you like, sometimes if I, my brothers would always try, we'd always make each other laugh. And my big brother had this technique where he would start to laugh and then he would stop. He was pretending. So then he would just do it. So he'd be like this, <laughs> like that. And then I would finish his laugh and then I would get in trouble. Stephen Anthony. 
Chris laughed. No, I didn't. Steve is acting inappropriate. Brothers, Steve e- greatest evil geniuses. I love. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for just going. I well, going back to the intro. I the seeing that kid running around in a cape. It's the greatest, and it was like the coolest cape I've ever seen. It was like a full red cape. He was just just killing it, and then. I also like. I'm grateful for, for when kids know that they're being cute. There was a yeah. kid. There was a kid in the elevator who, is, like, every time someone else got on, he'd look up at his parents and go, "We can't fit anybody else." And people just start laughing. And he just like, he he's like, to, "I'm killing it. Am I killing it?" <laughs> he just kept saying it. Like, they're gonna squish us. Or the best. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, life is fun. Just grateful to be here, man. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that Paul is making cinnamon rolls right now. How great is that? Homemade cinnamon roll. That's incredible. You know what I might do for cheat day? Tell me. I might go to, I've heard, I don't know if this is certain, but I've heard Dupar's has the best pancakes in the world. I've heard that too. You know what? I went there once and I I didn't get breakfast, but it was pretty good. It wasn't that bad. So I think I'm going to check that out. Speaking of, while we're on the topic of food, I want to send a special shout out to the Don Carlos Taco Shop in La Jolla, California. Ask for Ryan. Um... I want to send a shout out to Domingo's Italian Deli in Encino. Ask for Carlo. And uh, King of New York Pizza in Koreatown. Ask for Peter. They're all good guys. They're all small businesses that uh, go out of their way to give back. It's like a triangle of happiness and delicious food. Yeah, It really is. You need someone in like Anaheim or someone someone right down. like. Come on, Portillo's. Hook me up. Oh, the square. That that would be the greatest. The Portillo's would complete the square of of deliciousness. deliciousness. Lee, I got to get over the hill to the comedy store. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please continue to use the Amazon banner. If you haven't checked out my CD, What's Up, Nerds, please do so. And uh, I'm grateful that you're all here listening. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. We'll be back next week. Such an easy game for you to play